Do swamp people live in the sewers of London? If there are no aliens on the moon, why'd we want to get there so bad? For the rocks? All of these questions you can find the answer to on THIS PARANORMAL LIFE! Hello everyone and welcome to This Paranormal Life, the comedy paranormal podcast where every week we investigate a brand new tale and come to a conclusion at the end as to whether or not it truly is paranormal. We decide every week whether a case is a yes or no. And when we're going into these episodes, we don't even know what the conclusion's going to be. Sometimes by the end, we're completely convinced. Sometimes we remain skeptics. It's an exciting time every week. We are the judge and jury of the paranormal. And to be honest, I think we should take up a third role as executioner. I like it. That if we're investigating a cryptid or something like that, or even just a guy, uh, (laughs) if we decide they're not paranormal at the end, we kill them. Well, I don't know about that one because the last thing you said was just a guy. Because if they have been claiming to be paranormal and they're not, they don't deserve to live. <laughs> That's a little dramatic. I think maybe we can scold. How about a good scolding? A slap on the wrist and we say, hey, don't let that happen again. I just, there has to be a punishment. Well, that's what I just said. Kind of like a a nice medium ground where we tell them not to do it again. We warn them about it. And then we, you know, educate Listen them onto why it's a problem. <laughs> right. There has been hundreds of years of hoaxes in the paranormal. Every day, some asshole is getting a a deck of cards and some wires. Yeah, I'm talking about magicians here. You're having sort of like a Batman villain-esque rant (laughs) here, and I'm just a little bit worried where this is going. And there's been hundreds of hoaxes for hundreds of years, and it's gone on quite long enough. (laughs) We have to kill people who are are hoaxing the general public. Kit's holding an axe. He's holding an executioner's axe. It looks like it's from the, the 1800s begins tonight boys <laughs> people of gotham your savior is here <laughs> i'm just all right sorry i've just i've i've been researching a little bit about magicians yeah. and hoaxes and i'm i'm i've had it up to here rory so sorry i'm getting a little excited well i'm just a little bit worried because i'm someone today trying to tell you that the paranormal is real and you might decide that it isn't and you have an axe <laughs> right, well so, hey we're bros ooh. we're bros and yeah you would never try and pull the wool over my eyes or no. the listener's eyes. And no, no, no. Try that's, and... that's why I'm so sure. I'm so sure today what we're investigating is a double yes. Right. That I'm going to proceed with full confidence that you're going to be convinced by the end of the episode. I mean, statistically, I do give most things a no. So <laughs> I'll just I'll <laughs> sharpen the blade <laughs> no, during no, no. the break. I think we lower then, the axe. I think we put uh, the axe away. Okay. I don't think sharpening it while I'm doing the case is a good idea because that's going to make me nervous. Yeah, it might pick up on the mics too. So, <laughs> Kit, what if I asked you, how would you like to talk to the dead? You might think that was a threat, but many people believe that it is possible to talk to the dead through the art of the seance. Now, most listeners will be familiar with what a seance is, but put simply... A seance is an attempt to communicate with spirits or the deceased. However, the practice can take many forms. Also, the spirits can too. Some of them nice, some of them very, very angry, and they also want you to know how angry they are. Seance practices can include lighting candles, using Ouija boards, or simply holding hands and inviting spirits into the space using different paranormal tools or a medium to receive messages from the other side. Kit, how familiar are you with the world of seances? 
I wish I were more familiar. I mean, granted, I'm fascinated probably like most people. Um, and I, for example, I know whenever I was a young lad and I went to school, I had been told uh, that we were going to be studying about seances all day long. Right. Um, so I, I was so excited turning up to school with my paper and, and pad. Um, but then I discovered they were talking about science. Sciences. The sciences. Yeah, of the I world. thought we were going to be studying seances for about 14 years. Uh, it was actually extremely boring. It was too late for Kit to back out. He took advanced science yeah. 101, like some really <laughs> complex stuff, and which as a 13 year old boy, he didn't have the brain capacity to deal with. Yeah, I flunked hard and fast. Uh, but. I'm very excited to be, I'm sort of feeling that childlike wonder again at the prospect that you're not going to do this. You're not going to pull a fast one, are you? are not talking about science, are no, we? No, 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 no. This is seances. Okay, thank God. Yeah, Kit in school went to biology class. They gave him a frog to dissect and he thought he was going to light some candles and figure out how the little guy died. <laughs> right. <laughs> Well, that makes me happy today to be the one to explain the beautiful world of seances to you. Now, while there are guidelines that will help ensure that things stay safe while performing a seance, holding a seance like this can be uh, kind of like throwing a house party. You never know who's going to turn up. You're just opening the door to the world of the paranormal. And everyone knows when you throw in a house party, you invite all your friends. It's usually a pretty good time. But one of your friends has a pal visiting from out of town. <laughs> and uh, his name is Exmodius. Right, right, right. We're not talking about, you know, Alexander, your your friend's World of Warcraft buddy who's visiting from Russia. Right. We're talking about potentially an ancient being. And their mindset is rather similar to that of humans, specifically adolescent humans. Rory, me and you know from being back at school, the most exciting two words in the English language was free house right specifically free house this weekend at claire's yeah and uh you know one of your friends would tell you that they knew someone who knew somebody who their parents were out of town and you would get to have uh, a crazy rager where you uh ostensibly destroy their house yeah most people hear free house i hear purge night <laughs> I hear no laws. Right, so you were you were the friend. You were the friend from out of town. I was Exmodius. I was Exmodius. I was banned from most parties. That's what we called Rory after three ciders, Exmodius. The point is, in the spirit realm, more or less the same rules apply, except instead yeah. of a free house, it's free human vessel. Uh, right. They're, they're kind of running around the, the houses of their mates going like, yo, there's a borderline lost soul called Rory wandering around East London who's uh, ripe for possession. Yeah. So we're, we're getting a few of the boys and we're going to possess them and kind of get up to some hijinks. That's why we have to be, you and I particularly, have to be very careful when experimenting with seances. Because I have the mental fortitude of a fucking Lego house. It ain't that hard to get inside. <laughs> <laughs> so we have to be very careful with how we proceed today and, and take this shit seriously. That's right. The mental fortress of Rory's mind is not even the three little piggies, straw, sticks, and stone. It is uh, Duplo. It is child's <laughs> building blocks. When I say my brain is a castle, I mean a bouncy castle. <laughs> right. To say there's a draft <laughs> is understating it. So we're going to be very careful as we proceed today. We're about to learn all about this ancient art and even listen to some spooky seance recordings. Oh. Right after a quick word, 
from today's sponsors. And a reminder, you can get every episode of the show ad-free on patreon.com forward slash this paranormal life. All right, today we are kicking off with a story that was posted anonymously on the internet. The post said, It all started when my family moved into our new house. The attic had a sigil sprayed on the door. We used to play there. It was fun. But one day, we stopped. Lights had started flickering at random times, and the bathroom made noises like windows opening and closing. My sister heard stamping up there at night, and two weeks ago, I was home alone and heard whistling coming from the attic. There's a hoedown? There's a hoedown in the attic, stamping and whistling. Did you hear a mechanical bull also going? Uh, I think the author of the post is implying that there is some paranormal activity taking place in the attic. Okay. Mysterious sounds, whistling, lights flickering. But just reading the start of the story did remind me that I don't know if every kid had this at some point in their childhood, but when you were growing up, were you ever afraid that a man was living in your house and you just didn't know about it? I feel like you'd hear those urban legends when you were growing up about like a family who arrived home early from vacation and there was just a dude who'd been living in the walls <laughs> and he, well, they, he was in their kitchen eating Cheerios like completely naked. Well, I had blocked out that information until you just said it. But uh, yeah, absolutely. That I just It's coming back to me that that dominated most of my waking thoughts. Uh, there was even urban legends uh, about this kind of thing. Like I remember even as a teenager, uh, my friends sharing the story of... Uh, like a little girl who had a bedroom and in it there was a clown, a little clown toy. And then it, I'll fast forward, but it turned out that like a year later, it's like that wasn't a toy. There was a man dressed as a clown who just Toy Story style. Anytime the child went into the bedroom, he just went limp. They should have noticed. <laughs> they should have noticed it was a man. How big was this toy? It was yeah. a fully bearded clown standing in the corner. The, I mean, this story seems ridiculous on the face of it, but I, whenever I was told this years ago, right. I pissed myself on the spot. It was, uh, it was the most terrifying thing I had ever heard. I guess it felt believable somehow. Hard cut to Kit tying up all his teddies to a chair, interrogating them one by one with a butterfly knife. Why do you think I said all that shit at the start about executing those who don't pass the test? I was living in complete fear, uh, twitching the curtains as a child. Yeah, I mean, these these kind of urban legends would rock your world. I mean, in this story, it sounds like the person is dealing with genuine paranormal activity, not a man dressed as a clown in a children's room. I will say, uh, you know, I did grow up in a very old house, a house today that stands, I don't know, 120 years old or something like that. Uh, you couldn't turn on a radiator without the whole house creaking <laughs> and groaning like Howl's Moving Castle. Uh, so whenever you live in an old house like that, it is not at all a stretch of the imagination to start thinking about, was that a noise? Was that a footstep? Right. Well, I'm very glad that you didn't do what this individual did next. The author wrote, My dad is a believer in the spirit world. After all of that activity, we decided to conduct a seance. Not with a Ouija board. I think those are fake. Instead, we lined up five candles in a cross shape with two yes or no cards on each side. That's literally a Ouija board, but just in 3D. A Ouija board is just a flattened version of what you did. 
We asked the spirit normal questions, but before long, my sister's friend did something very stupid. She asked whatever we contacted if we were going to go to heaven soon. What? It said yes. <laughs> Next question. How soon, bud? How soon? ETA on the whole heaven thing? It would be great to have kind of an updated destination arrival time. Is it kind of soon in a life is short kind of a way, you know? Uh, or is it like eight to ten minutes? <laughs> yeah, you're responding to the demon. Oh, cool. So we'll see you up there, right? <laughs> Silence. Right, bud? <laughs> no response. <laughs> Apparently this was a huge mistake because the next day the user wrote, Now my dad has started seeing a woman standing in the back garden, looking into the kitchen. Jesus Christ. And occasionally, he sees her move. <laughs> okay, so is it their neighbor or is it, do you think it's connected with the noises? I think the implication is the seance went wrong. However they conducted it, they didn't take the proper cautions. And this is just a warning as we dive into today's episode of what can happen if you don't take seances seriously. Right, hopefully you weren't playing along uh, with the description of the seance kind of live in an art attack style um, because, yes, we should say you need to safely open the circle but also safely close it afterwards. Yeah. There's some real steps here that people take very seriously and we are going to learn all about it today. So while we do know a little bit about seances and what they involve, what we don't know is how did it all start? Well, obviously communicating with the dead is a concept that's been around probably since the cavemen. If one of your pals die from eating poison berries, it's pretty helpful to be able to talk to his ghost and find out which berries were the poison ones. But the form of seance that we're talking about today really became popular in the Victorian era and was sparked as a movement in 1848 by a pair of young sisters named Margarita... Margarita? <sighs> And pepperoni. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be calling her Spicy Marg today. How do you pronounce his name? Marg, Margaret, Margareta? <laughs> Margarita and Catherine Stoffed Crust was their family name. You're, you're literally mowing the Simpsons right now. It's like, can we get a story from a margarita? Yeah. <laughs> One day they accosted their neighbor who was walking home. They were asking desperately for help. Now their neighbor who was happy to assist asked what the problem was. And that's when the girls revealed they'd been receiving messages from the spirit world. How do they know? Did it get their snap? Oh, you know. Once you hear it, you know. I think they were also trying to contact the spirits from the spirit <laughs> okay. world. So well, sure. that helps. <laughs> right. I mean, we've seen this in movies. The spirits find their ways of communicating. I mean, like I just mentioned, uh, you know, normally these days we communicate digitally. Spirits, eh, they're a little bit more old school. We're talking kind of like uh, writing sentences in blood or lipstick in yeah. a bathroom mirror. They're analog. What can I say? Yeah, we've yeah. seen, uh, we have seen in past cases, post-it notes around the house, kind of like a passive-aggressive roommate. Right, yeah. You know, these days uh, we communicate with emojis. Right. And, uh, and Instagram pics. Uh, you know, people in the spirit world, they're kind of more into carving the shapes of ancient druidic runes into your back with a claw. Yeah. It's a little less subtle, but it does have a kind of charm to it. It's like receiving a letter 
You know, when you receive a letter, you're like, I know this is kind of redundant, but this is, this is nice. This is fun. I get to open it up. I get to figure out what it is. (laughs) Oh, there's a sacred seal on it. Close the letter. (laughs) Shouldn't have read that. Ooh, a package. It's been so long since I've gotten, it's blood. It's filled with blood. Cool. How did this get through customs? Now, the girls were 14 and 11 years old, so the neighbors didn't really take any of their claims seriously. But they agreed to come over to the house and listen out for these quote-unquote spirits to see if they could help. They entered the home and followed the girls to the room where they claimed to hear the noises. The sisters began asking questions. And believe it or not, they got a response. Ah, are you still there? Is there still a spirit in the house? These horrible rapping sounds echoed through the house. It was like something cracking inside of the walls. I guess you could say that the neighbors were convinced because it wasn't long before the entire town was gathered by the house, completely bewitched by the sisters and their paranormal ability. Jesus, uh, word spread fast. It really did. I mean, you know, this was, uh, what did I say, 1848? Oh, yeah. There wasn't a lot on. Well, I thought there was. I'm always surprised at how, like, the paranormal became absolutely, um, I don't know, just the pastime du jour uh, in the Victorian era because I thought the whole point was everyone was in the mines. It was the Industrial (laughs) Revolution, after all. Kids didn't even have time to go to school because they were too busy uh, cleaning chimneys. So I don't know where, maybe it was the upper classes had time to sit around doing seances. Yeah, or maybe it was... You know, the working class, the only way they could keep in contact with all their friends who died in the mines and the factories was to perform a seance. Yeah, it's a pretty good point. Uh, I think we've talked about it before, even on a recent episode, um, where we talked a little bit about seances in the Victorian age. Maybe one way of looking at it was it was a time of like uh, technology and a boom of technology. Yeah. And so there was a bit of optimism about the ability to, it was like, oh, we can do anything. (laughs) We can print books really easily. And uh, we've got motor cars now. So what's to stop us using this device to communicate with the dead? Anything was possible. It's true. Yeah. And this all got tied up in uh, what what these sisters kind of launched, which was uh, an obsession and a movement with spiritualism. Yes. It became, it became a, it got a real chokehold, I think, on society around this time. I guess to go galaxy brain mode, um, maybe it was because of said materialism and industrialization that it caused a, uh, a kind of equal and opposite return to uh, matters of the spirit. Right. Yeah. The pendulum swinging in the opposite direction. Well, Maggie and Kate continued to claim that they could communicate with the spirit known as Mr. Splitfoot. What? <laughs> it's a, which is a horrible name for a, a spirit. A second ago, he was just crackling in the walls. Now he's got a, a club foot. What yeah. do you say? I feel, that's the kind of name where uh, once you make contact with Mr. Splitfoot, you can skip over the whole question about being a good or a bad spirit. Right. He's bad. Right. We know he's bad. Because you know what's also kind of like a split foot? A f***ing hoof. (laughs) (laughs) It's done. Oh, shit. I didn't think about that. If you're contacting someone, you're like, oh, it's so nice to make contact with a spirit from the dead. What what is your name, lost soul? Knife man. Okay. Goodbye. (laughs) Goodbye, knife man. It's been fun. (laughs) We're done here. 
<laughs> yeah, if your kind of defining characteristic is a knife. Right. <laughs> that's your message to the world. You know, like Gandhi, my life is my message. Well, your knife is your message. Yeah. Uh, that's I don't know, no good. I don't know, like don't judge a book by its cover or something. But if uh, if I'm making contact with a spirit and its name is Gabriel, mm-hmm. I'm going to keep that chat going for as long as possible. Okay. I'm going to find out if he has any tips from the man upstairs about how I should be living my life, all that kind of stuff. If a guy's name is is so much as Smokey, we're ending the sales. Right. The sales is over. Now, there's a chance he could be a kind of gold rush era prospector <laughs> called, be, yeah. called Smokey Joe. And he could maybe have some information on some undetected gold. But if you are in, uh, yeah, Victorian London or something, unlikely to be a gold rush era prospector. It's Look... The seance could be a very terrifying thing. I play it very, very safe. If it's an old woman, end the seance. If <laughs> it's a child, end the seance. Why? Creep too scary. A, a little child, it's probably going to want to take my body and become so a So you think women and man. children are the worst things that could possibly happen in a seance? Old women, creepy old women. I don't want, I don't want someone being like, Oh, come closer, dearie. Yes, keep performing the seance while I say this Latin. No, I don't want it. Get away from me. It's kind of interesting how the rules of who to be afraid of in a seance are kind of the opposite of normal life. Like, who do you not want to meet in a dark alley? Right. Because <laughs> at night, you know, if you see a child or an old lady, Rory is, he's, he's keeping the AirPods in. He's just walking down that alley confidently at night and maybe even smiling at them. Yeah. But in a seance... Rory would rather hear from a seven foot tall guy wearing a ski mask. <laughs> right, yeah. At yeah. least he knows what he's dealing with. He got shot in a bank robbery. That's <laughs> it. I understand him. You know? The Fox sisters eventually became such a phenomenon that just one year later, 400 people gathered at Corinthian Hall near Rochester to watch the girls perform their seance and talk to the spirits of the dead. Christ alive, they were doing live podcast seances? Yes, for paying members of the public. Wow. Take from that what you will. So yes, what you're insinuating is they are they are profiting, they are pilfering, they are taking money for their paranormal stunts. Something to think about. That's always a red flag. Food for thought. But this was really the beginning of the spiritualist craze, where hundreds of others began to claim that they too were capable of hearing messages from the dead. Uh, Look, not everyone can make their money being a software developer, not least in the Victorian age. Why do you think I'm sitting here in front of a a camera wearing a cape like Dracula talking about ghosts? Because I'm not smart enough to be a software developer, all right? Not everyone is smart enough to do that. Everyone has different skills. So you're defending these people? Yes, some people... (laughs) Some people are good at massages and they make money being a masseuse. Some people are really smart and they become like doctors or engineers right. or whatever. Uh, I am not any of those. So I sympathize with these, frankly, freaks who their thing they're good at is talking to Mr. Splitfoot. You started the podcast with a 10 minute rant about how we should kill people who pretend to know about the paranormal. No, I'm not saying and, if And now you're saying that a hundred people who say they can talk to ghosts is a pretty good idea because sometimes people aren't smart enough to be scientists. Obviously, if they're hoaxing, we need to hit them with a car. I'm saying <laughs> if they really can talk to the other side, 
then they should be able to make money from it and we shouldn't judge them for it or say that it's less likely to be paranormal. I mean, it's a little weird that all of these people are just now finding out they can do it just as the move is blowing up and everyone is really interested in it. It's like, oh, that's great. Well, people are paying for it. They got 400 people in a hall. Well, shit, man, maybe I hear a couple of voices too. <laughs> Yeah. Well, you know. Oh, I'm actually getting a message from the other side. He says you guys should give me five dollars, <laughs> or else I'm gonna haunt the shit out of you. Well, you know, Smokey Joe when he went out west back in the day. <laughs> Is this an established character now in the TPL universe, Smokey the Prospector? He, he didn't. He wasn't born into this life knowing he was a dab hand at sifting for gold in a river. Yeah. But once you hear there's a gold rush. All bets are off, brother. You you drop tools, head west, and then you turns out you're actually pretty good at it. So I'm just saying the market <laughs> dictated the conditions. They tried this out. They figured out they were good at it. Smokey wasn't born with a golden spoon in his mouth, but he died with a golden spoon in his ass because he became rich and powerful. I know, see what you're saying. He, yes. He found his fortune. <laughs> he, he wasn't born a, a, a prospector, but he became it as the gold rush happened. So you're right. Maybe these people who are spiritually attuned to the world of the paranormal, who hadn't given it a second thought, maybe their powers were kind of activated as soon as they gave it a bit of effort. The spiritualist movement became so big that notable attendees of seances included people like Mark Twain, Frederick Douglass, and Queen Victoria herself. But one of the most famous seances ever conducted actually took place inside of a pretty famous political building the White House. What? Isn't that a fun bit of trivia? There was actually at one point a seance performed inside the White House in Washington. It was Mary Todd Lincoln who organized a spiritualist seance to try and make contact with the son that she had lost. But in attendance was her husband, President Abraham Lincoln. Yeah, maybe he shouldn't have been messing with all that. Right? I mean, he had enough going on in the world of the living. He truly was a workaholic if he was also trying to solve the problems of the dead. Yeah, I mean, here in Britain, we normally can't stop our prime ministers from going on less than 16 holidays to Spain a year. Um, I, I would love it if we had someone who's so competent that they could both look after the entire nation and negotiate peace treaties with the skeleton army. <laughs> I mean, if you can find out a way to get those guys to vote... It's a pretty big demographic, the dead. It kind of, they kind of outnumber us, the living. So if you can find a way to uh, get them on your side, no bad thing. Now, you may think, Kit, that times have changed since then. But did you know that according to polls online, almost a third of Americans say that they have communicated with someone who has died? Sorry, what? Yeah. What? Yeah. What does that mean? Yeah. They have communicated or tried to communicate with someone who has passed away in some form. Not necessarily a seance, but, you know, through some method, they've tried to communicate with someone who's passed away. All right. But so the appetite is still there. Okay, well, <laughs> clearly, I just I just want to know how that poll question was phrased because there's, it's a, classified. there's a big gulf between getting onto Ouija board and candles and just saying, you know, I went to visit the grave of my grandfather and I thought about him. That, that would count. That would technically <laughs> okay. count. You've tried to communicate with the dead right. by talking to a tombstone. Uh, the poll is classified and the source is classified. All right. Another one of the most notable seances was actually part of the real world events that inspired the Conjuring movie. Mm. 
Back in January 1971, the Perron family moved into a farmhouse in Rhode Island, and it wasn't long before Carolyn, Roger, and their five daughters started to experience some pretty harrowing paranormal activity. Rooms would be filled with the stench of what smelled like rotting flesh, and poltergeist activity caused beds to rise off the floor. The family felt like they were being watched constantly, and they were bombarded with strange noises and flickering lights. It got so bad that eventually they got in contact with Ed and Lorraine Warren. Alright, drink if they were on your bingo card. Yeah, these guys are the real deal. They've popped up in so many paranormal cases. We've talked about them on the podcast before. They're also the protagonists of the Conjuring movies. Um, So it's no surprise to see them today. And before anyone emails us, yes, we are aware of their problematic, hoax-ridden pasts. Yes. Moving on. Upon hearing about the spirits, Lorraine decided to conduct a seance. At this point, Carolyn, the mother, became possessed, speaking in tongues and rising from the ground in her chair. One of the daughters said, My mother began to speak a language not of this world, in a voice not her own. Her chair levitated, and she was thrown across the room. Jesus, she went crazy frog mode, <laughs> lifting off the ground. <laughs> Uh, I thought this was a really interesting one to include because, you know, as I said, it's one of the most famous seances in paranormal history. Mm. But we're seeing a little bit of a different uh, purpose for seances. A lot of the times, like we talked about, it's for people to make contact with the dead, hear from their loved ones or spirits who are trapped in the world. Other times, it's kind of like an intervention where the family gather together and you summon the spirit to be like, hey, this is a problem. (laughs) You need to stop rocking our shit 24-7. And the problem is the, the, the cards are truly stacked against you. You know, if uh, when you think of a house meeting because of a problematic little rat smashing the place to bits, you know, we would normally think of, I don't know, a troubled teenager uh, who's um, destroying his parents' lives. Uh, the thing right. is, the parents always have the ability to send that kid to military school and kind of... <laughs> Just end the problems there. Right. This is not the kind of control we have over these beings. We can open the doors to communicate with them, but, you know, we don't have, I mean, aside from, I don't know, bringing in an exorcist or a priest or something, not a lot of recourse. So we we have to hope, cross our fingers, that they're going to be reasonable. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I think we can tell from this case and from the cases before that uh, seances are something that can be very dangerous. They need to be approached with caution, with professionalism, and with the the utmost respect for the rules of the paranormal. So it makes me extra excited, Kit, to reveal to the audience that just a few weeks ago, we did a seance. That's right. We are performing this podcast from the afterlife. We died (laughs) within 30 seconds of opening the door to the other side. They heard all that shit we were talking for the last 300 episodes. Our guest for today's uh, podcast is Smokey the Prospector. (laughs) He did make it here. Uh, It turns out he, he actually discovered very little gold while alive. He, he kind of got overexcited and Scrooge McDuck style tried to dive headfirst into a mine, assuming he would hit kind of a 
pool of gold at the bottom, but he cracked his neck on a rock within 15 seconds and no one found his body. Yeah, yeah. We came to him for advice uh, about finding riches, but he uh, was truly useless in that regard. Rory, you're right. We did a seance for real. Yeah, uh, just last month, we were invited out to an event by Discovery Plus, and the night had a little twist at the end. Now, the event itself was to celebrate the launch of their new spooky season of shows. Mm-hmm. So right on brand, the evening ended with a seance performed with us at the crypt at Bleeding Heart Yard right here in London. Can you imagine a creepier locale than Bleeding Heart Yard? It was really spooky. I mean, this was essentially a, a tiny room, like a, like a chamber under the streets of London, hidden kind of underneath a restaurant. Yes, and it was a cold and dark night. I'm pretty sure I could hear a wolf howling in the distance as we walked there. A guy with a bolt through his neck opened the door and said, Come in! It was a costume party, so that's probably why you saw a lot of those things. (laughs) Oh shit, really? Now, the seance was performed by Dr. Kate Cheryl, who, who, let's be fair, was amazing. She wasn't a medium herself, but... Uh, She's kind of a paranormal expert and was able to guide us through the mechanics of a seance. Yes. Uh, So right off at the start, she helped by setting up all the equipment and tools in specific locations uh, to see if we could pick up any feedback from the spirits in the room. So on the table, for example, we had candles, multiple EMF readers, and a REM pod spirit detector as well. Yes, you know, this was a room of, I would say, the other guests who were invited to this, you know, it was a mix of people with paranormal experience and not. Yeah. Uh, And so it it felt quite funny for us to be faced with some devices which, uh, let's face it, we've come to know and love. Right, right. This was, we were like James Bond being brought into the lab with Q. You know, and and we're like picking stuff up and we're like, oh, the 225 series of RAM pods. It's a, I didn't know they made these anymore. Kate was like, they don't. We, we had one uh, shipped in especially. <laughs> yeah, I pick up a device. I'm like, oh, I see that's the uh, the model X21 discontinued in 2017, I believe, after the, uh, the Moldon case, which took place where several spirits were activated. And well, I think we all know how that went down. <laughs> She's like, that's my iPhone. <laughs> that, that's an iPhone 6. I haven't upgraded yet. You're like, oh, I'm looking at it closely. Yeah, no, I see the, the Apple logo on the, on the back now. <laughs> She's like, I don't, I've never heard of that case before. I think you just made it up. How much wine did you have before the seance? Your teeth are red. <laughs> Classified. Uh, now, obviously, listeners, you'll all be dying to know what happened at this seance. And I'm happy to say... We have the tapes. Whoa! That's right. Actual recordings from the night. Hey, well, Roy, I don't know if we want to play those because I don't want to give too much away, but I, uh, you remember, I got a little upset. Yeah. And uh, I didn't, I don't know if we want to share that with everybody because I was a little bit, you cut out the bits, right, where I cried and pissed myself, right? It's really hard to because it was like 90% of... The, the entire recording. And I was clawing at the door and I, I was like, they locked us in. The spirits, they locked us in. And someone said, the door's not locked. You just got to p- push, don't pull. I was, it was, it was kind of terrifying. Yeah, so. we, we, we just sat down in the chairs and kids started screaming, saying, grandma, grandma, please leave me alone, grandma. 
Kate hadn't even lit the candles yet. We hadn't even started the seance. Right. And Kit was already convinced that his deceased grandmother was strangling him from the grave, which asks a lot of questions because I don't know what terms you were on with your grandma when she passed away. I don't know why the second she sees you again for the first time in 20 years, <laughs> she tries to kill you. It turned out I just snagged my coat on the door <laughs> as well. I thought it was her pulling me into hell. <laughs> Kit choked on a cashew nut 30 seconds into the seance and thought he was being dragged to hell by his grandparents, who he didn't call for 18 years. Right. Kate said, can you please not snack on trail mix during the seance? I said, please, I think I know what I'm doing. (laughs) Grandma! Grandma, no! I guess all I'm saying is I I trust you uh, with your hands on the edit of this episode, Roy, to tactfully edit around my my outbursts. Of course. Uh, We are going to play the tapes so you guys can experience what happened that night just after a quick word from today's sponsors. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Kit, when we bottle up our emotions, it can start to affect us negatively. Sometimes it's important that we get stuff off our chest. Tell me about it. I found a UFO in the forest, and now... This thing is attached to my chest. Jesus, that's an alien. Mm -hmm. All right, I was speaking metaphorically about dealing with emotions and talking about our feelings by using services like BetterHelp. I don't need to talk about my feelings. This thing can read my mind. Therapy can be a great way to set boundaries and become the best version of yourself. With BetterHelp, you can get matched with a licensed therapist that suits your needs. It's online, convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. You're saying they can get things off my chest, like uh, Zonktar here? Don't give it a name. Maybe me and Zonktar can sign up for BetterHelp together. Give it a shot, and whatever it is, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Paranormal Life today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Paranormal Life. All right, welcome back to the podcast. We are just about to play some of the recordings of the seance that we did right here underground in London only a few weeks ago. We all took our seats, channeled our energy, opened the circle, and the seance began. So, we're about to begin. If everyone would put their hands on the table, clear your minds. Deep breath in and out. You're surrounded with hundreds of years of history of lives that have passed. And we call out to those spirits that dwell here, the spirits that are around us, the spirits that may be passing through. If there's anyone here who has a spirit following them, 
or watching them, they are welcome to this table. We invite you with love and light and we simply wish to know that you are here with us tonight. We won't harm you and we have a variety of ways that you can communicate with us. Uh, I was a little freaked out already at the start of this uh, with the idea of making contact with the spirit that we'd accidentally brought. <laughs> well, because we had just been drinking around America for two weeks. So, uh, I don't know, a bit like uh, some sort of godforsaken STD. We might have picked something up unwittingly. <laughs> yeah, because as you said, you know, at this event, there was a lot of people who just work in entertainment, you know, maybe are like influencers or content creators. Yeah, there were some cursed individuals at that table, I'll tell you that much. But if anyone's bringing a demon to the dinner party, there's probably like 16 behind us. <laughs> like, I think we have the lion's share of the cursed people. Right. So that was a little bit scary. I thought maybe Legend of Zelda style, we would turn on the lens of truth and be able to see like 14 guys standing behind us. <laughs> right. We're like, oh shit. And some of them are like, yeah, I'm actually a day one. Uh, I've been here since you guys started the podcast. Right. You just haven't been able to see me until you've performed this seance. Uh, after a short period of asking questions, the EMF readers weren't really showing any readings. But I don't know if you remember, Kit, one of the candles at the end of the table did begin to flicker in a pretty weird way. It was dancing and moving pretty heavily. It was interesting that it was pointed out because I saw it moving once Kate pointed it out. And to begin with, I was thinking to myself, I don't think this is that dramatic. Um, I sure, is that what all candles do? And then I looked at the other candles further down the table and they were completely still. Yeah. And indeed, this candle would be still again later on. This one was freaking out so much that it was, uh, you know, when you kind of like a candle flickers so much, it starts to emit like black smoke. Right. It was very strange. Is there anyone here touching the candle flames? Thank you. If that is a spirit blowing, could you do it again? Could you influence something else on this table? At this point in the recording, the EMF reader at the end of the table is lighting up. Yeah. I take that as a good sign. Are you a kind spirit? The EMF reader did not light up. <laughs> Are you an unkind spirit? <laughs> the EMF reader went f nuts. <laughs> you could kind of hear a, a crack in Kate's voice there. Are you a, a kind spirit? For sure, right? Right, bud? Are you an unkind spirit? Oh. <laughs> uh, at this point, uh, Dr. Kate actually made a pretty great point. If there were spirits in this particular building, the odds are that they would be pretty old, meaning that maybe they didn't speak our English at all. If you are a very old spirit, English has changed a lot since you were here. Maybe what we're saying is unfamiliar. I have some Latin if anyone would like to read it out. Cura destis, quod fratres adsunt. This girl was way too keen to read the Latin, by <laughs> the way. And way too good at reading Latin. Suspiciously good at reading Latin. Like, didn't even, didn't even break. Adiri protestis, facite propius omniatis. Excellent. We've got both going off there. That was a pretty crazy moment, that as soon as the Latin started being thrown around, I think both EMF readers were flashing, the candles were dancing. Like it was the party in the Matrix. Yeah, I don't know if you opened your eyes, but it was basically the scene in Indiana Jones where the Nazis opened the Ark of the Coven. <laughs> I, I peeked out of one eye and there was skulls, ghosts floating around the room. <sighs> 
It was a really, it was a really amazing experience, I would say, to be our first ever seance. And not even in terms of location, but in terms of what we actually got out of it. Because, uh, I mean, Dr. Kate said at the start, it was like, look, we might get nothing here. This mm -hmm. could go on for like 30 minutes. It could be over in like 10 minutes. We could get literally zero uh, signals from the other side. That's just kind of the nature of seances. So to get any kind of response at all was very cool and very spooky. But Rory, I don't know if you remember, but not only that, one of the most interesting things I thought was once the seance was over and Kate was kind of like, cool, you know, uh, that was great. Thanks, everyone. We'll kind of pack everything away. There was a bit of ch chitter chatter around the table uh, amongst people who didn't even really know each other. And uh, <laughs> pretty quickly, people started coming clean and saying, uh, to be honest, I did feel uh, I did feel a temperature drop uh, yeah. or, or like I felt a hand on my shoulder, but I didn't want to speak up and tell anyone. And I was like, what? Yeah, I, I felt so bad for Dr. Kate because I think it was like once the seance was concluded, it was like, ah, oh, that was really fun. Between you and me, I got borderline choked out halfway through. And it's kind of like, what? I like, thought Darth Vader himself was forced <laughs> choking me. It's like, say something in the moment. I, I think another one was, uh, there was a pendulum. There was a few like crystal pendulums on the table. I believe uh, up your end of the table, I believe someone saw the pendulum moving. Brother, one girl had her pearls yanked on her on her neck, and everyone saw it. They were they were like talking about it in full detail at the end. I think someone said they felt like someone was standing behind them. Another person felt like a uh, breath on the back of their neck. But I get it. It's you know because of that situation where you're doing it essentially with strangers. Uh, maybe people are a little reserved, a little shy, and they don't want to be so upcoming with their experiences. Yeah, it was a pretty cool crowd. Um, I, I didn't feel like standing up and saying I had a tingling in my nether regions. Yeah. Uh, so I just kind of kept quiet. Did you experience anything yourself? No, I'm, I'm sort of joking. I didn't actually uh, experience anything outside of what Kate was saying. I saw exactly what you mentioned, the candles and the EMF reader, but I didn't feel anything personally. Yeah, I was the same. Uh, not Didn't feel anything myself, uh, but I did witness the kind of changes on the table. I think the craziest thing from the whole night was after the seance, uh, while we were leaving, we met with a few people who had attended the event. And you did have a choice, you know, because some people do take this stuff very seriously and wouldn't be comfortable performing a seance like that. So at one point in the night, you know, we kind of split into the groups of people who wanted to do it and didn't want to do it. And later before we left, we bumped into a girl who didn't go and do the seance because I think she was genuinely a little bit terrified of it. <laughs> and she was like, <laughs> that didn't protect her much. <laughs> I'm glad she didn't go to the seance because she stayed in the church building and she got her shit rocked. Right. If she had been in that room, she might have been drawn and quartered. And, and I assumed when she was talking about having something happen to her, it was going to be like, oh, she saw something or felt something on the back of her neck, maybe had a horrible feeling or experienced a cold spot. Her trousers were ripped to smithereens. She looked like she had been hit with a shotgun in the Looney Tunes universe. <laughs> uh, we're not even joking. Even she was like, I don't know what happened. I literally, after you guys came back from the seance, looked down and my my leggings are shredded beyond they, belief. They weren't leggings. They were leather trousers. How does they, that even they, they, happen? They weren't cotton. They weren't silk. They weren't anything soft. They were leather checkered pattern trousers and they were ripped in three places. Yeah. And, we're, and again, not small rips. These are like, uh, the trousers were destroyed. They, they were like... 
four inch long rips. Turned to spaghetti, essentially. It was very strange. So I'm very glad that girl didn't go to the seance because she might have been tossed about like a frisbee. Clearly. So this is kind of a rare one for the podcast kit. We actually did some firsthand investigating into today's case, trying out the practice of a seance ourselves. But I get it. You know, listeners of the podcast, they need more evidence to make their decision and decide whether or not it is a yes or a no this week. So we're going to try and make history right now and become the first ever podcast to summon a spirit to guest on the show. A third mic right here on the podcast? That's right. We're setting up a third mic. Beside it, we've placed a REM pod, which detects movement and kinetic energy within its static field, meaning if a spirit goes near this thing, a very loud alarm will trigger. Wow, this is fascinating. We could either have, you know, the alarm go off or we could ideally, in a perfect world, have a spirit spit some bars, do a freestyle right here on the show. <laughs> a different kind of spiritual rapping. Yes. I'm actually very excited. I don't know. I haven't done research. We could be the first ever podcast to pull this off, to have a ghost as a guest. Hey, we're always looking for evidence here on This Paranormal Life. We're always looking online for it. Why not just try and get it on camera for ourselves? This episode is going to be on YouTube. You can see the whole thing. So why not tune in and see if we can capture one right here on air? Let's do it. Okay, the candles are lit. We have the REM pod set up right beside a third microphone. We are ready to begin the seance and see if we can get a spirit as a guest on the podcast. Are you ready to begin, Kit? Not going to give too much away, but uh, I'll just say you might need to drastically cut around the recordings uh, that come out of this session. Right, depending on how much screaming we both do. Is that do. door locked? Because I might the need to... The door's not I'm locked. I'm worried my grandmother is going to come a-knocking. <laughs> uh, I'm going to be, you know, the, the medium or the leader for today. I'm going to try and take all the, the lessons and the teachings of Sensei Kate and conduct this seance properly. So if you'll uh, join me, uh, Kit, right now to do some breathing. Okay. Prepare ourselves, open ourselves up to the possibility that we may experience a spirit here in the studio today. If anything breaches the field of the REM pod, you will hear it. It is a blaring alarm. It will be detected. It's unmistakable. Okay, with everything set up, it's time to begin. To start... We ask the spirits this night to send us only the good ones. I claim protection for myself. Kit too, I guess, also. Please. If you are an evil being, back the f*** off. I will mess you up. If you try anything, I swear to God, I will drop you. I will duff you out. Only the good ones. We are reaching out to the spirit world, welcoming any good spirit who would like to guest on our podcast. If you are available and charge a reasonable rate, please make yourself known. And no nobodies, all right? I know there's a lot of nobodies in the afterlife. We want ideally A-listers. Yeah. We uh, will settle for B or C list. 10,000 Instagram followers minimum. There is a device on the table. You can touch it. It will not hurt you. You're already dead. If you don't want to trigger the equipment on the table, feel free to f*** up the house a bit. Yeah, no, this is, we're actually in my home studio. Maybe so throw some shit around. Nah, don't, because I'm not very handy with DIY stuff, so if anything breaks, I can't really fix it. I think there's a cat somewhere close you could possess. Yeah, that's not my cat, that's fine. Everything's cool. 
All right, still getting nothing on the REM pod. Hmm. We've got one light candle flickering slightly, uh, which is kind of suspicious because it's the most concealed candle of all. Yes, it is the one closest to you, though, so maybe you need to shut up for a second. Let's see if it's you talking that's doing it. Nope, it is still flickering heavily. That's it interesting. It really is. The candles and the equipment on the table, it cannot hurt you. You can touch it. It is not some sort of Ghostbusters-style trap to imprison you in a box. Um, I appreciate that you're going for kind of like a, um, a pretty peaceful, chill, you know, kind of conciliatory speech. I don't know if maybe we need to take a different tack and kind of uh, bait them. Terrible idea. Did you learn nothing from the last 45 minutes about how wrong this can go? This is the, we're supposed to try and stay on their good books. But I'm saying, okay, fair enough. I'm not going to verbally attack them, but maybe I just need to, maybe I just paint myself out to be vulnerable that they can easily possess me. And maybe they might, you know, it's kind of like uh, leaving out a trail of chicken drumsticks. They just won't be able to resist. If you want to go for it, if you want to offer yourself up as a vessel, that's fine with me. Spirits of this building, I'm kind of in a bad place right now. <laughs> And I guess I'm uh, feeling uh, easily influenced, vulnerable, and frankly, easy to possess. I don't know what other way to put it. I I've been eating super noodles for three meals a day. I'm watching Tony Robbins uh, self-help guides on YouTube at night. I, am, I, I could literally couldn't be easier uh, to possess. Um, if you do possess me, I guess you've got a pretty sad life is the only thing. So, but you know, there's some good stuff in it. Uh, you know, I'm young, relatively. I'm like kind of healthy, uh, except for I do have a bad back and uh, I don't really do much cardio. So keep, keep it I, I light. Do get, it, huh? You're supposed to be bait, remember? So like, don't talk about right. your bad back and your uh, crippling debts. Right, yeah, your yeah, student, the debt. Your outstanding oh boy, student loans. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes I wish someone could just take over my life and relieve me of it, to be honest. <laughs> Um, no, no, uh, uh, please possess me. I mean, it shouldn't be easier than this. Kid is offering up his soul as a vessel for a spirit, for someone to come forward. We're still not seeing anything. Even the flickering candle has somewhat died down. Okay, we're going to give it one last chance. Spirits out there in the world, if you want to prove to us and our audience that seances truly are paranormal and that this week should be a double yes. Please give us a sign. Waiting, waiting. The candles are still. The REM pod is untriggered. I think Kit offering up his body probably scared a lot of them off. Right. <laughs> Came on a little strong there maybe, bud. Okay, well, don't blame this on me. That We weren't getting much before that either. Okay, I think we're going to have to call it. It's time to close the circle, uh, say goodbye, thank the spirits, even though they didn't come on the show. Uh, thank them for their time. Uh, all of them, the good ones and the bad ones, please don't haunt us. Maybe you can appear on a bonus episode or some Patreon content. <laughs> right. All right, I'm closing the circle. I'm blowing out the candles. All right. Okay, we are back in the room. <coughs> God. It was smoky. I hope that that's just smoky. smoke and not Jesus. just 
the ghost of a gold rush prospector entering my lungs. Um, should we at least hit the REM pod so we, the listeners know what it would have sounded like? Yeah. So trust me, guys, you would have noticed if the REM pod went off because if anything goes near this thing, it sounds like this. God, what it's an awful sound. Blaringly loud. And as soon as you move away from it, it obviously stops. So unfortunately, we didn't get any clear indication on our seance that there is anything really paranormal going on. I mean, look, obviously, I'm no professional. I'm doing my best here. Um, There's probably 16 steps that I missed uh, as to why spirits didn't turn up for our seance. And we did get some kind of interactions during uh, Dr. Kate's seance at the Discovery Plus event. But it's an interesting case today. I appreciate it's not just one story, but it's kind of a whole thing, a whole phenomenon. No, you're absolutely right. And maybe that is the outcome we should have expected from a seance in a podcast studio. As I say, we are in my home studio uh, for now. Uh, This place I'm in, this is not an old building. This is not a bleeding heart yard or the crypt or indeed my uh, childhood home, which was very old, where something might have actually happened I don't know that there are any ghosts we were particularly expecting this time. But as you say, still fascinating to try out. Yeah, it's actually a misconception, a common one, that you need to perform a seance in a haunted location. Because I believe if it's done in whatever way you do it, you can just kind of talk to the dead anywhere. And you can kind of talk to anyone. People have used it to try and talk to like celebrities who live, you know, in different countries and died 100 years ago. So it's kind of a very complicated practice with a lot of different layers and a lot of different approaches. Here's where things become difficult. As I said, when spiritualism was at its peak, seances and these kind of performances like the sisters did were very common. Turns out a lot of them were con artists. Uh, They were liars and crooks. The sisters themselves admitted later on in their years that they faked the entire thing. Uh, they were cracking parts of their body to replicate uh, sounds of mm-hmm. of spirits responding to their questions. Um, you know, we talked about it recently on a podcast, the phenomenon of ectoplasm that appears during seances. And essentially that is just mediums eating towels and cloth uh, and pretending like there's foam coming out of their bodies. It's a very complicated practice that unfortunately attracts a lot of con men who take advantage of vulnerable people who want to talk to their loved ones. Yes, uh, absolutely. Um, Like so many aspects of the paranormal, it has been infiltrated and poisoned. The well has been poisoned. Right, your rant from earlier, yeah. By these people who, (laughs) frankly, I have a bloodlust for (laughs) and we can't really get started on. And I think, uh, I don't know, bud, I I think you should be counting your lucky stars that REM pod didn't go off because at least (laughs) right now, as it stands... You're an honest medium. You didn't fake anything for for our seance to be successful. And True. That means I can put the axe away. Hey, you know, you'll always get that with this paranormal life. We, You can trust us. We're reliable sources. Believe it or not, uh, we're not here to fake evidence. We're here to come at this as paranormal experts that need to get to the bottom of every individual case. And that's kind of what we've done today. We've investigated the history of seances. We've heard some stories of seances gone wrong. We performed a seance uh, just a few weeks ago and then concluded by doing kind of a, I'll say a diet seance right here on the podcast. I don't think we need to come down on a conclusion as to whether or not seances as a whole are paranormal, but Kit, we can look at our experience today and decide whether or not 
uh, we really think there is anything to it, including our our experiences with uh, Dr. Kate and Discovery Plus a few weeks ago. Mm, I know what you're saying. Uh, I suppose that is the problem with seances. It's almost too broad. It's almost too big of a school of thought, the idea of communicating with the dead. For us to say that that is all totally false, all totally not paranormal. But yeah, I suppose... I suppose if we're voting on some kind of like narrow definition of uh, what we've done today and and just sitting down with the REM pod and lighting a candle, um, I mean, I, I clearly can't say that it's been fruitful and genuinely paranormal. I think I'm right there with you. Uh, I think it's an interesting topic to explore. I think we will explore it more in the future. But from our own experiences, I think it's got to be a no from me too. But hey, what a great case. Always fun to do something live here in the studio. And again, got to give a massive shout out uh, to the amazing people at Discovery Plus and Dr. Kate uh, for giving us that experience to get to do our first ever seance in such a cool location too. It really was special. Yeah, shout out to them. You know, they were, as you say, celebrating uh, spooky season and their uh, Ghost-tober programming. Um, But uh, yeah, you know, that's what we like to see. uh, These networks and these people putting, uh, I guess, their paranormal researchers where their mouth is and (laughs) and not just putting on these shows, but actually doing some firsthand paranormal research. It sounds like they're kissing us. (laughs) Putting their paranormal investigators where their mouth is. I mean, I I wouldn't have said no, but the opportunity didn't come up. Right. I think at one point uh, in the seance that we did, they were asking, they were like, oh, are there any male spirits who like to look at the females at the table? And I was like, oh, I didn't realize it was that kind of seance. (laughs) Right. (laughs) I would have worn my good cloak. Yeah, Dr. Kate was like, let's bring out the bowl of ghost keys to... For the ghost to pick from, uh, <laughs> yes, uh, I, that was interesting that she was planning on using the kind of pent up sexual energy of these ghosts uh, to try and bait them, uh, much like I was just doing a few minutes ago into appearing. Yeah, maybe we should have taken that approach. You know, like Kit can offer up his soul. I could have like taken my shirt off, you know, pop the yeah. pecs a little bit, do some flexing. Uh, cover myself in body oil, which would be kind of scary because there's a lot of lit candles around us on the table and I don't want to go up in flames. But uh, hey, just another approach, I think, for future ghosts. Maybe if we know, if we're investigating some kind of like haunted brothel in an abandoned Wild West town, then maybe it's, you know, you gotta book a room for the night, handcuff yourself to the bed. <laughs> I <laughs> Wear a French maid outfit. I don't just know, let whatever happens happen. I don't know if we will ever be uh, the kind of sex appeal that is required to bring ghosts over from the other side. <laughs> I, I might leave that to someone else. Okay. Yeah, because I don't really know what they look for. You know, ghosts, are they looking for people who also look kind of like ghostly? Or do they want people who look like they're living? <laughs> right. It's hard to tell. Well, thank you so much, everyone, for joining us for another amazing episode of This Paranormal Life. Unfortunately, another double no. But hey, I had a blast today getting my hands on some equipment and doing some some researching live here on the podcast. I am sad because I didn't get to kill anyone with my axe. Sure. Uh, which I'll come clean and say was really all I was excited about. Um, killing you specifically for hoaxing me on the show. I didn't hoax you. But I guess I will put it away for another day. And uh, my campaign continues for cleansing the world of the paranormal of its liars and cheats. (laughs) 
And I'm not going to get started. I'm going to keep it light because it's just the end of the show. But uh, yeah. yeah, thank you for everyone tuning in. Yeah. Speaking of cleansing, you might want to burn some sage or something in here, brother, because between you and me, I don't know how to close a circle. What? I don't know what the, half the stuff I just did was. I thought you did it already. I just I kind of made a lot of it up. I was like, yeah, blow out the candles, light some candles. So well, v- the portal is very much still open. And you've already blew out the candles. So how do we do it now that you? God damn it! Can we go back and do it? Is it too late? I think they live here now. Oh yeah. So if you could set up a a bed in the spare room for Mister Splitfoot, <laughs> okay, he's gonna be joining for dinner forever. <laughs> God damn it. If you want to watch that seance, you actually can. We have filmed all these episodes and upload them to YouTube, to Twitter, to Instagram. So check us out on socials if you want to watch some of the video clips from this podcast. You should be able to just check the description of this episode in the app of your choice. If you're on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, uh, you should see under the description of the episode is some links to our socials and our YouTube and everything. And if you are on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your podcasts, why not give us a review or chuck us a couple of stars if you enjoyed this episode. Spread the good word and let this podcast travel the earth like a curse or a plague. Before we go any further, as you know, we were actually just on our Flat World Tour. And for that tour, we created special new TPO merch that was available just at the shows. But we're excited to say that that design is now available on the TPL online store. Mamma mia. Uh, you're going to want to see this design. You've probably seen it on our uh, social media platforms, but it, we got this commissioned uh, by the amazing artist Chrissy Lang member of the commune, an amazing artist, and they really knocked it out of the park. Oh yeah, it's a full illustration of the flat world, including a bunch of TPL Easter eggs uh, on the back of the shirt. We've got some fan favorites in there. We've got the bro ghost. We've got Jeff the mongoose, I think makes a little appearance. And I think we're in their miniature style getting abducted, of course, which didn't happen on the tour, sadly, Uh, but it is immortalized on these t-shirts. I was abducted by an alien creature by the name of Jack Daniels, Jonathan D. He took me away a couple nights. (laughs) And weirdly, yeah, there was a bit of time skippage involved, a bit of memory erasure. So maybe you saw that design on social media and liked it. Maybe you planned on coming to the tour or weren't able to make it. Uh, Now is your chance to grab it. It probably won't be online forever. So uh, it's a really cool design, a piece of TPL history um, that looks great. We, we've both got them and, and wear them. They look amazing. We also recently added another design to the store that you might have missed, which is the This Paranormal Life logo getting abducted by a little UFO. It looks fantastic. There's a bunch of cool designs over there on the website. You should check it out by uh, visiting thisparanormallife.com. We have a tab for the stores or the links are in the description of this very podcast. I should say the UFO design is now available in hoodie form just in time for winter. So if you want to cozy up this Christmas, this new year season, head on over to thisparanormallife.com forward slash store. Get some merch. And of course, the best way to support the podcast is heading over to patreon.com forward slash thisparanormallife. This is where I was just about to explain. Hmm? I was just about to explain. Can you stop for one second? I'm about to explain. Sometimes it's like a good little um, dynamic. I feel like I've been listening to some other podcasts and like, you know, we need, we always need to like say the, state the obvious, right? Because I feel like we're so used to saying. That's what I was about to do. That's what I was about to do. I was going to say the rewards you can get over there. But like people don't even know like what is Patreon? Like what what even is a podcast? Like people don't even know the basics. So like, I hope they know what a podcast is. 
I hope they know what a podcast is because they just listened to one for about an hour and 20 minutes. What if they're listening to this on uh, radio? They're they, would, not, they wouldn't know what the podcast not, is. They're not, because it's not a radio show, it's a podcast. What if they're What if they're in the car right now with their mother, <laughs> and their mother put this on, and they don't know what a podcast is? Let me just explain what Patreon is. How about that? Patreon okay. is a website. It's a website. <laughs> they must know what that is. They have to know what that is. What, what, if, what, if, what if they are an uncontacted tribes member from the Amazon rainforest? How'd they hear the show? How'd they hear the show then? They found an iPod. <laughs> So they know what an iPod is? They, they managed know. to hit play? They found it. And they just like put the bud in their ears and pressed play accidentally. Uh, Patreon.com is a website where you can support the show and get cool rewards. For example... Quick, am I allowed to ask a quick question? No. What's a reward? So I said no. So don't ask the question. So you can get cool rewards like bonus content, weekly episodes extra monthly episodes where we dive into different paranormal cases we don't investigate on the main feed. You can also get some cool physical rewards, merchandise, early access to live show tickets, and maybe coolest of all, you can get a shout out at the end of the podcast as a little thank you for supporting the show. What's a shout out? We're starting them. <laughs> so thank you to Luan Gwilliam. Luan just took a Zan 13 hours from Japan. Oh, God. Is there a doctor on the plane? I think Luan just overdosed. Luan. Luan. Oh, no, she's just asleep. You just said a bunch of words I didn't understand. She did what? <laughs> Sorry. Things are happening quickly. Yeah. They took a Zan on a flight from Japan. A Xanax? Yes. Is that a sleeping pill? Yes. Okay. Sorry, Luan didn't want to alarm you. I just Sorry, you can go back to sleep now. Yeah, you freaked, you had a freaked great her time out. in Japan. <laughs> you freaked her out, man. Thank you. Thank you to Fern. Fern was a little bit like Kit. They decided to hold a seance, uh, lit the candles, and I think it was about three seconds before they were clamoring for the door. They hadn't even opened the portal to the spirit See, world yet or reached out, and Fern was freaking. It sounds ridiculous, but I call it red light fever. When when the red light of the REM pod goes off, I my <laughs> internal temperature hits. 55 degrees. We hadn't even put the battery in the back of the REM pod yet, so it wasn't going I off. I go feral. So I think Fern uh, understands where I'm coming from. It's just a it's just a built-in reaction. They go fernal. <laughs> Thank you to Mason Crockman. Oh shit, a Mason? Are you free? I, I was thinking uh, they might be able to help me personally, forget about Rory, get into the Freemasons. Yeah. Hello, brother. Do you know would... the, did you know there's a Freemason Hall in our hometown? Yeah. I didn't know that. I, I saw it the other day and I was like, oh, shit. Yeah. So, Mason, get in touch. We got a lodge for you. You can crash in if you ever want to visit TPL headquarters. And if you ever want to give uh, your old buddy Kit a little invite, <laughs> I, want, I just want to know what you guys do in there. I think it's really normal stuff. Clerical kind of, shit. Yeah. Not that crazy. I was hoping for a LAN party. <laughs> Thank you to Alison Driscoll. Alison's a big hit at the disco. Yo. Popping, locking, breakdancing, summoning spirits on the dance floor. What? Yeah. The last one seemed a little out of character. No, it's cool. It's like, you know, doing the worm. Yeah. Hey, doing the hey, jive. Hey, 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 Summoning hey, hey, Exmodius hey, hey, hey. the what? Night Demon. Huh? Summoning Exmodius the Night Demon just to like... Take things why, to the next level. Why is she trying to like like shoehorn this in here onto the dance floor? Those guys know how to get weed. <laughs> oh 
Okay. That's why. They got a connection. <laughs> yeah. It's hard to find a dealer in a small town. Thanks, Allison. <laughs> Not that I do that kind of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> it makes me sleepy. And finally, last but not least, thank you to Trisha. Trisha, you are delicious. Uh, you truly are. So if you would just like to enter the, the summoning circle and kind of, you know, don't be upset if we use you as kind of human bait for a spirit or an entity or let's face it, a, a demon to kind of... Uh, Gobble you up, right? Yeah, gobble you up. It's purely, it's purely kind of a, a ritual. That being said, we are going to put a knife and fork, napkins, <laughs> slice of lemon beside you on the ground, yeah. and just, just in case, just in case, we're gonna put you on a platter with an apple in your mouth, <laughs> just so you know. So it is like it's a metaphor, you being like offered up as a meal, but it's also I can't stress how literal it is. You will be devoured. Right. So, just you know, get in touch. Uh, it's going to be worth it, I promise. Uh, you're a snack, right? Isn't that a compliment? You're an absolute snack, so. Trisha. Exactly. For an ancient god. Uh, so thank you to Trisha. Thank you to everyone who supports us on Patreon. We literally couldn't make this show without you. I hope you enjoyed this week's investigation into seances. And of course, we will be back next Tuesday with a brand new groundbreaking. Oh. Sorry, I wasn't there yet. What's groundbreaking? Gra- the case is going to be groundbreaking, I'm sure and like exciting what's so we'll, a case though let's run it back we'll be back next week with another groundbreaking incredible paranormal tale paranormal tale so late I had to wait for you to <laughs> stop saying words hi I'm Daniel founder of Pretty Litter cats and cat owners deserve better than any old fashioned litter that's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter it's innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.